You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today, we're going to talk about learning new things as adults. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Abby? By the time this comes out, I will be a week and a half away from being finished with my first semester of nursing school. Yay! Which feels wild and that we only have three semesters, so that's Mm -hmm. a third of the way done. Yeah. And it has really flown by and dragged on in many ways. Mm -hmm. A lot of life is like that. Hard agree. (laughs) (laughs) I am looking forward to wrapping up this first semester. My second semester, the one that's coming up, will have a lot more time in the clinic Mm -hmm. as opposed to time in the classroom. And so I think that'll be really good. Yeah. What's new with you, Sarah? Instead of focusing on finishing up my semester of school, I am watching NCAA gymnastics all the time. (laughs) And I am just embracing it. This is not a rabbit hole I have gone down before. Uh I was more focused on elite gymnastics and things leading up to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And that was a big COVID pastime of mine was getting caught up on the last decade or so that I had missed (laughs) via YouTube. Love it. But now there are a lot of elite gymnasts in the NCAA. Right. And I feel so caught up. I'm invested following all these teams. Just had the regional semifinals. A lot of dramatic things happening. There will be one more weekend of the actual nationals. And then maybe I can stop doing this and do other things with my free time. But I have to say, I'm really enjoying it while I'm here in this place in my life. I love that for you. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. Abby, what is your latest book? I recently finished Finley Donovan Knocks Them Dead, Mm -hmm. which is the sequel to the original Finley Donovan that we talked about last year. Both of these books are by El Cosimano. And I was really eagerly anticipating this book. And I have Mm -hmm. to say that while it was fun, it didn't have the same sparkle for me as -hmm. the first book. That one, for whatever reason, I don't know if I was just in the right place and in the right mood. Mm -hmm. All of the things that were sort of unbelievable didn't bother me. Yes. I really found her really likable. And her the sort of cast of characters around her I really enjoyed. And it just didn't do the same for me this time, which was kind of a bummer. I just finished this one last week, and I would say I have to agree. And when I read the first one, it did feel out of the norm for me that Mm -hmm. I normally wouldn't like a book like that, that was so many things happening one after another that you just would never happen in real life. Yeah. But I enjoyed the ride. And on this one, it felt like it had already been done a little Mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. So I would recommend this if you really like the first one and Mm -hmm. also don't have anything else you're excited to read. (laughs) So not a real Abby stamp of approval there. No, I had been talking to a friend and telling him that I loved this first book and I was so excited to get into the second one right after it had come in for me at the library, but I hadn't started it yet. And part of the way through, I texted him and rescinded my recommendation. Mm. I said, I'm not sure... If I was in a specific mood for that first one, but I don't think I feel comfortable telling you to spend your time on this. (laughs) So listeners, take that for what you will. There you go. What have you been reading, Sarah? I read The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. This is a suspense novel about Hannah, Owen, and Bailey. Owen is the father of the family and disappears right as his company is being investigated for fraud, Mm. leaving only a note for Hannah that says, protect her, 
which Hannah knows refers to her stepdaughter, Bailey. The two of them then try and decipher why Owen left, and their investigation leads them to Austin, where they uncover secrets from Owen's past. This was a really fun, fast read. Not all of it was realistic. Definitely had to suspend your disbelief in order to engage in the story. But I loved the ride and nearly finished it in a single sitting. Whoa! Having lived in Austin, I loved the trip down memory lane and seeing all the landmarks throughout the book. I will say I did not find the ending to be satisfying. And it left me feeling a little eh at the end Mm -hmm. of the experience, but I so enjoyed the lead up that I would recommend this. It is a great, fun, quick read, would be perfect as a vacation read or something you're reading on a plane, just that keeps you engaged and having fun figuring out the mystery. Nice. Let's move on to our topic for today which is learning new things, specifically learning new things as adults. When we are kids, we are constantly encouraged to try new things, new sports, a musical instrument, there are all kinds of clubs you can join, but sometimes it can feel like those opportunities are less obvious or inviting as adults. So we wanted to do this episode to share what's been working for us in terms of trying new things, and then also aspirations we have to take on new endeavors in the future. Let's start by going back and forth on new things we have tried as an adult that have been a successful, fun part of our lives. My first one is yoga, which I started during graduate school. I've probably told this story on the pod before, but my intro to yoga was at the YMCA in Green Hills, which is in Nashville, Tennessee, And my across-the-parking-lot neighbors would drive me in the car so I didn't have to, like, get up and drive myself to Mm -hmm. a 6 a.m. yoga class. And it was the Silver Sneakers yoga class, which is for all the old people at the Y. Mm -hmm. So it was this really lovely, gentle, very alignment-focused introduction Mm -hmm. to yoga. And I loved that. And I loved it so much that then I did a yoga teacher training and another yoga teacher training. And then I taught prenatal yoga for years and years. So yoga, I would say, is one that I started as a grown-up and has stuck with me. Do you feel like you're still incorporating it into your life currently with everything you have going on? I still will occasionally do it sort of while I'm waiting for my children to put their clothes on after they take a shower and things like that, Mm -hmm. you know, just like here and there throughout the day. So yeah, I'm still incorporating it. I don't have what I would say is a consistent practice, but I'm sure that that is something that will come back into my life at some point. Yeah. The first one I wanted to share is running, which is the newest thing I have taken on. I ran cross country my last year of high school And then we did lots of running when we played Ultimate in college. Mm -hmm. And after I had two knee surgeries, I just never started running again. Every time I would run, it would bother my knee. And I would just think, this is not worth it. This is not a good form of movement. I'm going to walk and do other things. And then going to Orange Theory, where they have the bounciest treadmills that are so soft to run on and didn't bother my knee at all, it made me remember how much I enjoyed running. Mm. And so I have been trying to incorporate more outdoor runs. 
having done physical therapy for my knee and knowing what I need to do to strengthen it and make it so that it doesn't bother me. And it has been great. I am having such a fun time training for a 10K with a friend. I'll be doing that in June. And just a really great challenge. Feels nice to have something that I am working towards and where you can see improvement in going farther for me, not really going faster. I feel that I've gotten slower over time with my outdoor runs. I actually, on my most recent run, I was like, this watch, that's a hand-me-down watch that my sister gave me, it must just be old and broken because (laughs) there's no way I'm running this slowly. And then I went back home and mapped it on Google Maps and I was like, oh, nope, that was accurate. I really was running that slowly. You were. But it was really fun, and I still felt very accomplished at running the furthest distance that I have. Really enjoying that. I feel like there's just a lot of directions to go with it Mm -hmm. and feels like a really fun frontier to explore. Love it. My next one is sewing. And my mom is a very accomplished seamstress and taught me to sew in high school, but I did not do much of it until <laughs> later on in graduate school, and I had borrowed my mother-in-law's sewing machine. So then I started sewing things like dog beds and some crafts for friends and things like that. And I still love to sew. I still enjoy sewing things for the house, and I still enjoy sewing things for my kids. I'm not big on sewing clothes, but When I needed some curtains for the chicken coop to keep it shadier in there for them, Mm -hmm. I felt really proud that I could just take out my sewing machine and sew them up. My next one is playing the piano, which is something that I learned to do as a kid. I took lessons from maybe second grade through high school Mm -hmm. and a few lessons actually in college. But I have not been playing regularly most of my adult life. And Then a year or two ago, we had my childhood piano move to our house here and still wasn't playing a ton. I have really been inspired by Neil, who last year decided he wanted to learn how to play the piano and had never played it before and now practices daily and is quite good for never having any formal training at all. I love that. And hearing him play has really inspired me to want to play more often. And he got a book of duets, I think, from his mom. And we've been playing some of those together. And it's just felt like a really nice break from everything else that I'm doing. I feel like my main hobby before was reading. Mm -hmm. And I still love to read. But with school involving a lot of reading, it just feels nice to have something that's a totally different part of my brain that I'm engaging and not looking at a screen and reading more words or a book and reading more words and just doing something else. I love that. My last one is power tools, Mm. which I learned sort of some over the years of owning our first house in Nashville and then doing some improvements on rentals here and there and sort of outdoor things. But really, as listeners know, it's when I decided to build a chicken coop that I really went all in on the power tools and learned how to use them all safely and constructed a chicken coop, of which I'm very proud and plan to do more projects in future at some point. So yeah, here for the power tools. (laughs) I am not sure if this one counts as learning something new, (laughs) but I have been 
very into doing push-ups. Yeah, this counts. It has been really fun. I did a push-up challenge at the start of the year and vastly improved the number of push-ups that I can complete. I love that it's a thing that you can do with no equipment that Mm -hmm. you can just, oh, I'm going to do some push-ups. And now I'm not following any kind of formalized training plan, but I don't want to lose the momentum that I've built and the strength that I've gained. So I'll just, oh, I'm just going to do some sets of push-ups and really like that same thing I feel with running, where you can see the improvement as you go through that feels very satisfying in a way that lots of life does not. Lots of life is not as measurable as that. Mm -hmm, For sure. What kind of mindset have you found to be most helpful when you're trying something new? I think that, as we've talked about before, probably one of my strengths is how much I like to research things and Mm -hmm. find things on the internet. Mm -hmm. And I think learning things as an adult, a lot of what I have learned has been from YouTube and has been from looking at blogs with tutorials and things like Mm -hmm. that. And so I think that sort of open to figuring it outness is maybe the mindset that I think I've been able to cultivate the most. Another one is, and this is something that I took from my yoga teacher training, which is interesting, you know, thinking about learning new things as an adult. I think as kids, you know, you really get lessons or you get taught Mm -hmm. things. It's not so much self-driven, but as an adult, a lot of my things that I have learned have been driven by me. Yes. And, you know, that willingness to figure things out and make it work. But with yoga, I really have had teachers Mm -hmm. sort of all along, going back to that very first teacher who I still think about. In a yoga teacher training, you get taught a lot of stuff. And one of the things that I took from my teacher, my first yoga teacher training, is that she said a yoga practice doesn't have to be any more than seven minutes a day. So we were in that yoga training a whole year and we met every month. And she said, I really want you to practice every day, even if your practice is putting your legs up the wall for seven minutes. Mm -hmm. That is a really helpful mindset, too, that you don't have to be all in on something, that you can Mm -hmm. do a little bit of it, and that little bit can still benefit you. It all counts. Yeah. What are your helpful mindsets around learning new things, Sarah? I think really embracing that you don't have to be the best or even good. (laughs) Yeah, There are no rules about who gets to do what, and I have just so appreciated getting to explore different parts of myself and finding out what brings me joy and contentment. I also highly recommend reading articles on the internet about how great whatever you are trying is for you. (laughs) I did this with both piano and running. And I feel like it exponentially increased the joy and happiness that it brought to my life because I would be doing the thing and enjoying it and thinking about how good the thing I am doing (laughs) is for me. It's really a win-win situation. Do you have any trying something new fails? I tried to teach myself the ukulele, and I think this is one where I would have really benefited from lessons. It did not Mm -hmm. go so well for me. And then another one was embroidery, which I have embroidered some stuff. There's Mm -hmm. so much like cute, artful, witty embroidery out there these days that I was like, oh, I could get into that. And I tried it and was, you know, just not that into it. So there you go. Maybe go back to it later, but maybe not. Maybe not. For me, it is learning to play the guitar. 
in late high school, I decided I wanted to play the guitar, and my brother generously got me a guitar for Christmas. And I carried around from place to place that I moved to and almost never played it. (laughs) Then when we lived in Austin, I did take lessons. The university there had courses that adults could take on various things, and I took a photography class through them, which was really interesting, and then also a guitar class. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was learning and practicing, but it really feels like something that you need to practice more consistently to get to that level of mastery and physically to have your fingers have the calluses so that it's not painful when you're playing. And I just never got to that point. Finally, this January, when we were clearing out a lot of stuff in the house, I had a sit down with myself about (laughs) whether I really would learn the guitar at some point. And I decided, you know, I feel the music in my life right now, piano makes so much more sense where I have that background and it's easier to sit down and play for half an hour and then not for a week or two and then come back to it. And I am just nowhere close to that with the guitar. And if (laughs) I do pick up an instrument, I feel like I would rather learn the ukulele, which just seems easier on lots of levels. Right. So. We sold it to a neighbor, and I've just let go of the idea that I will (laughs) be playing the guitar in my life. Fair enough. Another one for me is knitting. Both my sister and my mom are very accomplished knitters. And when I see the stuff they're doing, I think, oh, yes, I would like to do that too. And I don't. (laughs) I did like it. I like seeing the thing that you're creating. And I found that to be a really cool part of it, that you walk away with something tangible but having to find the patterns and picking out the yarn and having half done things it wasn't for me I don't think I like (laughs) activities that require a lot of stuff I don't think I like having the things and it taking up a lot of physical space Mm. and I'm not sure that I'm very crafty Mm. if I'm being honest with myself I'm not sure I get a lot of joy from crafting I don't have a lot of desire to learn more crafts Fair enough. And the final one I'll mention is yoga, which I don't know that I would consider it a fail. Mm -hmm. But every few months, I'll think I would really like to have a more regular yoga practice. Mm -hmm. I bought myself a nice mat a couple of years ago based on your recommendation. I was doing YouTube videos pretty regularly. But I think with all of the other exercise I'm doing, I just don't want to spend more time doing something physical than what I'm already doing. But I think that it is something I will come back to. That right now I feel really excited about doing running and Orange Theory, but I don't imagine I'm going to be doing that for the next 10 years. I imagine that something else will gain my interest and maybe that will be yoga and I will pursue that more. Maybe so. How do you think about trying new things and how that interacts with your parenting? I think the first thing is that parenting limits the time I have to learn new things. Yep. (laughs) One example of this is that we got Plum a uke when I was into that in the hopes that it would entertain her while I tried to practice and watch Mm -hmm. YouTube videos. But really, that was total fail. She just (laughs) wanted to, like, swing it around. And now Pepper does the same thing with that ukulele. Uh-huh. And really, I needed more time and I needed lessons and I needed to dedicate money and time and all of the things to that that just mm-hmm. aren't available in my current season of parenting. I did really love modeling the chicken coop building for the kids. Mm-hmm. 
And I built that sucker for a long time. So they really saw me doing that (laughs) and then rebuilt it and then rebuilt the roof after a tree fell on it. Yeah. So in many ways, I think that was good. I think they saw me persevering through being frustrated with something. I think they saw me persevering through things maybe not coming out quite right or something going wrong and all this stuff. So I felt really great about that. Yeah. I love that. What about you and parenting and learning new things? I really want to model for my kids that it's never too late to try something. I think there's this vibe in our culture that is focused on kids becoming experts and choosing Mm. a specialty at a young age. And I think that can make it seem like if you don't find that thing when you are seven, then you're just out of luck. You're never going to do it. Yeah. And my kids have shown little to no interest in sports, music, any extracurricular that isn't climbing trees and playing outside. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. Life is long, hopefully. And there's plenty of time to learn new things. I feel really grateful that I learned this early on in my life and that I tried new things in high school at a Mm -hmm. time when I think it can feel like, well, if you're not already good at that, then you can't do it. And it's like, no, I just tried diving and I just signed up for cross country my last year of high school. And it was really fun to try something new and meet new people and just see what I was capable of. And usually I was pretty bad at the things that I tried. And it was still (laughs) a fun, good experience that you do not have to be the best at anything that you do. And realistically, you're probably not going to be the best. Yeah. That it is unlikely that you will be at an elite level at something that you are trying. Ever. In your life. As an adult, (laughs) as a kid. Yeah. All across the board. There just aren't that many elites doing elite things. Yeah. That's the definition. That's the definition (laughs) of being elite. There are very few people. But I just think it is so rewarding to stretch yourself and see what is fun and see what is not and see improvement or this is really fun and I'm terrible at it or I'm good at this thing and I hate it. You need to try a lot of things to Mm -hmm. figure that out. So I just want our kids to see that we can try new things throughout our lives. I have loved them seeing Neil learn to play the piano and witnessing his improvement over the months. And, you know, I hope that they see me trying things like running and things that I hadn't done before and that they'll think about that when they're older, that they won't think, oh, no, I can't possibly do X, Y, and Z just because I can't make the varsity team. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, there's lots of ways to engage in sports, music, learning, power tools, etc. Yeah. And I will also agree with what you said about the limited time, though when I reflect back, I'm not sure I was doing more creative projects or outside activities before I had kids. Oh, you were totally gardening and stuff. That's you were doing true. all of that stuff, which was I a whole a lot thing that you learned yes. post-college. That's true. But I also think that having kids has made me find time in a mm. way I didn't before because it's so compressed that it feels more essential to me to find the things that make me more of who I am and mm-hmm. to define myself outside of parenthood. I like that. To seek out that kind of joy rather than getting sucked into the never-ending tasks of parenting and household management, which I love being a parent and having a family, but there's so much more. And I think these kind of activities are what can really connect you to that piece of yourself. Mm -hmm. 
Can I also give a shout out to our podcast? <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Which we started when we both had at least one child mm-hmm. <laughs> and learned how to do podcasting and audio editing as adults. So great job. That's true. <laughs> yes. And we're still going. <laughs> we are. The last question I have on this topic is, do you have anything new that you're hoping to learn either imminently or at some unspecified point in the future? I would still like to learn ukulele or some other good campfire instrument. I just Mm -hmm. love sitting around a campfire singing songs, and I would love to be proficient enough to accompany that Yes, with friends and family. I think that that would be so fun. Another thing that is really exciting to me and sort of intersects with the gardening stuff and also with my interest in the childbearing year in midwifery is herbal medicine. Hmm. There are a lot of books and courses and things that you can take to learn about how to use medicinal plants. And so that's something that I am excited about for the future as well. Very interesting. I also have a ukulele that hangs on my wall that I would like to learn how to play. (laughs) Every so often, I'll watch a YouTube video and practice for 20 minutes, but I have not gotten past that point. And I think, similar to what you said, that for me to be successful, I need to take actual lessons. As the financial and time investment ramps up my commitment to the endeavor, Mm -hmm. I had plans to do this in 2020, and then 2020 happened. (laughs) I don't think that this is realistic for me to achieve until I'm out of school, but I would like to keep the idea simmering until then and Mm -hmm. still have hopes of accomplishing it. I love that. Maybe someday we'll be together around a campfire, yuking it up. (laughs) Making all our (laughs) dreams come true. (laughs) Listeners, that wraps up our conversation about learning new things. We would love to learn about what new things you have tried or what new things you hope to try. Let's end by sharing what we've been eating lately. I would like to share that I am working towards my kids gaining more skills in the kitchen. Love it. One way we are doing that is making French toast. That has been a preferred breakfast of E. And I am happy for her to eat that. But in the mornings, I don't always want to go through that whole process. And so there are still pieces I need to put in place, but she has been whisking the egg and milk together, dunking Mm. the bread, putting it on the cast iron skillet. She'll put the oil on the skillet. She'll flip it. It's really the cracking of the egg that she does not want to do. And Mm. often she wants me to help whisk at the end when she doesn't feel like it's gotten whisked enough. Mm -hmm. And she's not so sure about touching the eggy bread when you have to put it (laughs) on the stove. So there are many points of intervention throughout. But it still feels like a really good step in the Mm -hmm. right direction. And this may be a topic for a future episode, but I have been thinking about trying to come up with a few recipes that this summer I can focus on the kids gaining mastery Mm. over. And so that they have a few things that they could make for lunch or help out with breakfast and just know how to do the basics around the kitchen. Yeah. And this feels like the first step in that direction. And it's a great breakfast. They love it. They do it slathered with jam. We don't have syrup at our house, but sounds delicious. French toast, layer of jam on top. So good. What have you been eating lately? We have been eating so many deviled eggs (laughs) because all of our chickens are laying, Mm -hmm. which means six eggs a day or every other day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
which pound is cake and deviled eggs. Three dozen eggs a week. Yeah, I think I talked about pound cake really recently <laughs> on the pod. And they're so good. I have in the past gotten fancy with deviled eggs with bacon and bacon grease and blue cheese mm, and Worcestershire mm-hmm, sauce mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's not happening now. It's just mustard, mayonnaise, salt, pepper, paprika, if you're fancy. And they're delicious. I love them. Oh, and relish, too, because I like a little sweet in there. Sounds like a great spring food. Yep. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today in the show notes of our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us, friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. I think both. Do you want me to give more no, of the answer? No, no. Great. I'll just, I'm going to say I put it. the parentheses for you. For so me. you know what They're I was special thinking. For, yes. Special for me. Special, special for Abby. Special for you. <laughs>